Hi there, my name's Steve Shields. I'm the pastor at Kerbinsville Alliance Church, and I'm really delighted that you can join us here online. We would love to be together, and we know we will be together soon. We're trusting God that this time will come to an end and we'll be able to gather together and unite our voices in praise and in prayer and sit together and, uh, and be with one another. Until that time, we are thankful for this technology. I do want to say to you that we have been praying for you. We're praying for you regarding fear, regarding anxiety that you might have, apprehension. A lot of those things that all of us are dealing with can be magnified at this time. And we're praying for your health, your safety, and for the safety and health of, of your loved ones. Uh, we're remembering that in prayer. We're thankful for the healthcare professionals, the workers uh, in our, our stores and so on, excuse me, our law enforcement and others. Uh, just thankful that they're able to keep doing what they're doing and asking God's protection on all of them. I want to kind of bring you up to speed. We're doing a series here at Kerbinsville Alliance. In fact, this is the last in a series. It's a series on lids, things that hold you down. And if you uh, are listening today, you hear a lid that's like, whoa, I need to know more about that one. I would say that that information is online at KerwinsvilleAlliance.org. And so if you go there, you can click on our podcast link. You can go back. The audio portions are all there, and that can be meaningful to you. If you'd like to look into that, you're welcome to do so. Today, I would like to ask you, if you would, to open your Bibles to Romans chapter 12. We've been there several times in this series because it's very apropos to the things that we've been talking about. There is a Bible app event for this, and what that means is that if you have the YouVersion Bible app, you can click the menu and go down to where it says events and find Kerwinsville Alliance event, and you can follow along on the notes that are there. We've been talking about lids, and uh, these are things that prevent you from being who God wants you to be. Things that kind of hold you down. And that's kind of an important qualifier that I gave there. We're not talking about lids that keep you from getting rich. (laughs) We're not talking about lids that keep you from being successful in romance. We're not talking about lids that keep you from getting that promotion that you've been hoping for, even looking for at work. Lids will do that. They will hold you down in that way. Um, But we're talking about something much more important than romance or getting wealthy or getting that promotion. We're talking about lids that prevent you from being who God wants you to be. And if you're thinking, well, why do I care about being the person that God wants me to be? Then that's good because it's a good idea for you to ask yourself that question. Why should you care about being who God wants you to be? And the answer to that comes from scripture. It actually flows through scripture. But one of the places it's verbalized very well is in 1 Corinthians, in chapter 6, verse 19. The Word of God says, Do you not know that your bodies are temples of the Holy Spirit, who is in you, who you have received from God? And then it says this, it says, You are not your own. You were bought with a price. Therefore, honor God with your bodies. Why should I be the person that God wants me to be? Well, if I'm a Christ follower, it's because... I belong to him. Now today we're actually concluding this series on lids at Kerbinsville Alliance. So let me take a few moments to just remind you of the whole concept of lids. I've told you many times, I've never had an original idea in my life. And when I find something that kind of makes sense and I feel like is helpful to me, I try to share it with you as well. And I picked up this idea some 20 years ago when I was at a seminar in Camp Hill, Pennsylvania. One of the speakers who was there was John Maxwell and he spoke on something he called the law of the lid. And in that, I can remember uh, how I remember him explaining it, I guess I should say. It goes something like this, that your effectiveness in whatever you do will be limited by a lid that keeps you from going to the next level. 
I would say to you uh, that your effectiveness in dealing with a crisis, because that's pretty relevant to us today, can be hindered by whatever lids you might have. Now, whether you've ever used the term lid or thought of it in those terms, we've all seen them. Sometimes uh, lids are, they almost seem to be neurotic. One example would be Tchaikovsky. I may not have this information exactly correct, but here's how I understand it. This 19th century Russian composer was never able to act as the conductor of the orchestras playing his music until late in life. You see, Tchaikovsky was convinced that that if he did so, if he went up to conduct that orchestra, that his head would fall to the side and he would be busy trying to push his head back up to get it into the right position. It took him 20 years to realize that was not the case, that that kind of thing was all in his head. I think that was probably a little neuroses that Tchaikovsky has here. That would be a lid. But listen, that is not the kind of lid that we are talking about here. We are talking about everyday lids, lids which most of us find ourselves more familiar with than we would like. These lids are actually a a function of our belief system. These everyday lids are part of how we think about life and, and see life. And when we began a series in January, I spoke about a couple examples. For example, the hunter who doesn't have the patience to wait for the game to come by. He thinks, look, I'm in the woods, I have my equipment, I think that the animal should just get over here and come by. He's not going to be uh, very successful. That's a lid for him. That's my lid when I'm hunting. No patience. You see it in more important contexts, like the student that thinks that studying is for nerds. She thinks that working is not cool to do. That's a lid, she'll never get the grade. Or you see it in very important places. Like the husband that believes he is still single. He is not. But he behaves like he's still in high school. He believes that he should have the freedoms that he actually pledged to surrender when he said, I do. And that mindset is a lid for him. And his marriage will never be what it should be until he sheds that lid. These lids can be deeply ingrained in our lives. And they don't come loose easily. I want to read a little bit about them from Romans chapter 12. We're going to be looking at just the first five verses of that. So if you have your Bibles open to Romans 12, as I asked earlier, you can follow along. If not, you can just listen. Therefore, I urge you, brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. This is your true and proper worship. Do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good, pleasing, and perfect will. For by the grace that has been given me, I say to every one of you, do not think of yourself more highly than you ought, but rather think of yourself with sober judgment in accordance with the faith God has distributed to each of you. For just as each of us has one body with many members, and these members do not all have the same function, so in Christ, though we're many, we form one body, and each member belongs to all the others. Now our focus is the portion of the verse that I put on your screen this morning, on the screen beside me. It says, do not think of yourself more highly than you ought, but rather think of yourself with sober judgment in accordance with the faith God has distributed to each of you. Think of yourself with sober judgment. 
He's talking about our belief system. So what about your belief system? Does it have some lids that are holding you down? What is keeping you from being the person that God wants you to be? Let's think about some of the lids that we've already considered. Uh, which one might, uh, might be on top of you? We talked about this lid called the nearsighted lid, and that is where you have your eyes just on what is near you and not far away. The doctor says to you when you have your eyes examined, you are nearsighted. That is a kind way of saying you just can't seem to see things that are far, far away. And visually, that would be a lid. And metaphorically, nearsightedness is simply not being able to see anything except for what is happening right now. And if all you can imagine, I'm sorry, if all you can imagine is what's happening right now, if you can't look ahead, that's a lid. I mean, think of it in terms of this pandemic and all that it is bringing. If all you can see is the right now, if you aren't looking ahead at when we'll be together, that's going to keep you trapped in this present darkness. It's going to wrap you up without a whole lot of hope. It's going to hold you in captivity, maybe even captivity to despair. The lid of nearsightedness. It can be a painful lid. Or what about that rear-sighted lid? I maybe just want to keep looking back, remembering the good old days. Now, I want to look back to get inspiration and to learn lessons, but I don't want to dwell on the past. In fact, if your attention is consistently focused on your rearview mirror when you're driving, <laughs> you are bound to crash. And in the midst of things like we're going through now, you can easily do that. You can become a little bit like God's people in the Hebrew scriptures when they had come out of Egypt and they were tired of the manna and they were like, oh, how I long for that great food in Egypt. And if you paint the past with a coat of nostalgia and give it all your attention and your affection, you'll become discouraged. You might face despair. But worst of all, this lid will prevent you from seeing what God has for you at a time such as this. The lid of rearsightedness is a dangerous lid. Or how about that third lid, the covetous lid? You know, the one where we're always looking at what other people have and wishing that we had that. Or we're remembering what it was like for previous generations or what it will be like we're imagining future generations. And we're really not pleased, not happy, not valuing what God has given us. What about me, God? What about me? James says in chapter 3, verse 16, that where you have envy and selfishness, selfish ambition, there you find disorder and every evil practice. So yeah, that would be a lid. Desiring what belongs to others really prevents you from valuing what you've been given. Now this fourth lid is just incredibly, incredibly common. And that's the lid of spiritual pride. It is a lid that the Pharisees had as they attacked Jesus, their spiritual pride. They wore it like a badge. Look at me. I'm watching Pastor Steve on video. I am spiritually on top of my game. <laughs> I'm glad you're doing that, but I hope you're not feeling that way. Because the scripture warns us, if you think you're standing firm, be careful that you don't fall. Spiritual pride. It can keep you from becoming who God wants you to become. It can keep you from growing spiritually. In fact, you probably know people who have just stopped going to church altogether because they had this idea that they got all there was to get. And that was a lid for them. 
And often those who are filled with spiritual pride, those who are the most arrogant concerning their own walk with God are the ones who, when a crisis comes, fall the hardest. And then number five, there's a lid of second-guessing yourself. James talks about this when he says, if you need wisdom, ask God. When God gives it to you, then follow it. Don't be second-guessing it. Don't be like me when I go to a restaurant. Honey, should I get the Reuben or should I get the hamburger? I just can't decide. What's the waitress think? Which is better, the Reuben or the hamburger? And no matter which I order, until it gets there, I'm always thinking, I should have got the other one. And that's kind of trivial when it comes to choosing between sandwiches, but you know it's pretty serious in making life decisions. Indecisiveness, second-guessing what God is telling you, that can act as a lid in your life. There's another one called complacency. The lid of complacency or spiritual laziness. Probably one of the passages that comes to mind commonly is that in Revelation where Jesus is speaking to a church in Laodicea. He says in Revelation 3.15, I know your deeds, that you're not hot or cold. I wish you were one or the other. So because you are lukewarm, neither hot or cold, I am about to spit you out of my mouth. Did you ever open up uh, your thermos to get a good drink of coffee and realize that's yesterday's coffee in there? That's not a pleasant experience, is it? That is God's picture of the lid of complacency or the lid of spiritual laziness. Spiritual laziness. Spending too much time on Facebook and too little time in God's word. Surfing around while you're half listening to that sermon that's playing in another window. (laughs) Not bothering to connect with your church family and see how they're doing and to pray for them. That'll be a lid. And it'll make your life a little bit like yesterday's coffee. Number seven is the lid of hypocrisy or spiritual pretending. That's a lid. You know, if you're wondering, I don't know if I'm a hypocrite or not, um, it is hard to know. Because hypocrisy is something that we're often very blind to. But let me just, let me just give you a couple if then, you know. The, the kind that says, if you feel that your faith is a heavy burden that you're carrying around, like a ball and chain, then maybe you're pretending. This might be your lid. Or if you feel like you could just use a vacation from your faith because it's just so hard for you to maintain, that means you're wearing a mask, you're pretending, and this could be your lid. Or if you find it burdensome to serve the one who took your burden, hmm, hmm. This could be a lid. A couple more. Actually, one more. The lid of fear. This is the big one. This is the one we talked about last week. Fear. I don't want to fear. I don't want you to fear. I'm not suggesting that we should be foolhardy. Being afraid, though, that's not a good look for you. It's not a good look for me either. It's not a good look for any of us. You know, when Jesus sent out his disciples to do ministry, Listen to what he said to them in Matthew 10, 16. He said, I'm sending you out like sheep among wolves. That should scare them. That should scare you. That should scare me. And then he says, therefore, be as shrewd as snakes and as innocent as doves. You see, part of what Jesus is saying there to them is don't be foolish. There are real dangers out there, but don't be afraid. Be shrewd or in a more common term, be wise, act with wisdom. Don't let fear 
rule the day. If these men that Jesus sent out had let fear rule the day, I don't know what the outcome would have been. But I do know this. Fear is a real lid. So these are the eight lids that we have been discussing over the past several weeks. And looking back on them, I will tell you this, that these lids can only be removed at the cross. One of my favorite stories, if you've been around, you've heard me tell it time and again, because it made such an impact on me and seemed so important the first time I heard it. It's the story of a professor, a preaching professor. His name might have been Steve Brown. I don't know what his name was. Anyway, each semester, this professor would have the students get up and preach, and sometimes one student would get up and and preach his heart out in preaching class, and when he was finished, he'd done a great job. He'd sit down, and then the professor would critique him. And if you've ever been in a preaching class, that's probably the worst part. But the professor always seemed to have one student every semester that he would say something like this to. That was a great sermon. I mean, that was just wonderful. You could have preached that sermon anywhere, in any church. I mean, you could preach that in my church. People would have loved it. You, you could preach that in the campus church here, here at seminary. You could have preached that at Stanley's church. I mean, that was a top drawer kind of sermon. You could have preached it at a synagogue or a rotary club. You could have preached it at a mosque because there was no Jesus in it. Oh, do you get his point? Do you get his point? I tell you that story because it illustrates an essential truth that without the cross of Jesus, we have nothing of eternal value to offer. This series on lids will be meaningful to, meaningless rather, this series on lids will be meaningless to you if you do not take the lid that you have discerned in your life to the cross of Jesus. Because without the cross, we have nothing of eternal value to offer. But in the cross of Jesus, there is life-changing power. You see, a sermon series like this that might give you some human perspective on the lids that you have, and even maybe some human counsel on how to deal with them, This sermon series is only valuable if you visit the cross of Jesus because genuine change, lasting into eternity, that only comes through Jesus. And it only comes through his transforming power. And it is only brought into being through his love. And it was at the cross that his love was poured out for you. So which one? Which one of these lids stands out to you? Nearsightedness? You have trouble imagining the future and even preparing for it. Rearsightedness. Are you the kind of person that's always looking into the past, remembering the good old days, to the negligence of the present and the future? What about covetousness? Do you fail to see the good things that God has given you because your eyes are always on the good things that others seem to have? How about spiritual pride? What about second-guessing yourself? When God's told you something, you're still wondering and not trusting. What about complacency? Spiritual laziness? What about hypocrisy? Spiritual pretending? Or what about fear? I don't know which ones of these you have, but I know that the solution to dealing with them is taking them to the cross. Identify your lid or your lids and take it to the cross in surrender. So what you're doing is you're going to Jesus and you're saying, Jesus, I'm coming to you with this lid that I have. I've I've come to own it. I've been holding on to it and it's been holding me down. 
And it has been keeping me from being who you want me to be. And honestly, Jesus, at this time in my life, that's all I want is to be who you want me to be. I surrender this lid. I surrender myself to you. I surrender whatever it is that makes me hold on to this lid from nearsightedness to fear. Whatever my lid is, God, I let it go. And I yield to you. And I do this in your name, Jesus. Amen. If you're going to deal with the lids that you see in your life, you're going to need to take it to the cross and surrender, giving it up to him. And you're going to need to take it there with a sense of humility. You come to the cross knowing that you need God's power to remove these lids or this lid. You know that your own power is simply inadequate. You can't do it on your own. Every 12-step program, every 12-step program I've ever heard of speaks of needing to go to a higher power. And that takes humility. (laughs) I can hear, I can hear that voice from the kitchen. Steve, Steve, can you come out here and open this jar? I can't get this lid off. It's too tight. Now it takes humility for her to say that to me. Yeah, baby. I can come in and take that lid off right now. I'm here for you, baby. I got the power. Removing lids takes power. There is no power higher than that of Jesus. Every generation speaks of his power. And they wrap it around the cross and his identity. Remember the old hymn that said, there is power, power, wonder-working power in the precious blood of the Lamb. And then a more modern song, there is power in the name of Jesus to break every chain, break every chain, break every chain, remove every lid. He has the power to do that. Paul (laughs) is writing to a young pastor. And as he's writing to him, he understands that being a young pastor can be a fearful thing. And Timothy, this young pastor, is is leading a church in a time where Christians are being persecuted just for being Christians. And the Apostle Paul says these words to him that are recorded in the Word of God. He says, For the Spirit of God, the Spirit God gave us, does not make us timid, but gives us power, love, and self-discipline. You see, if you're a believer, think of the things that the cross changed by its power, that Christ changed by his power. Through the cross, your guilt is gone. Romans 8 says, therefore, there is now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. You didn't make that happen. The cross made that happen. And that's humbling. Through the cross, you were transformed, made into a new creation. The Bible says, therefore, if anyone's in Christ, he's a new creation. The old is gone, the new is here. You didn't make that happen. It happened by the cross. That's humbling. Through the cross, you were given new citizenship. Our citizenship (laughs) is in heaven. And we eagerly await a Savior from there, the Lord Jesus Christ. Philippians 3.20 tells us. You didn't make that happen. You didn't do anything to get your citizenship changed except trust Jesus. Walking to him humbly and asking him to do it. And it happens because of the cross. You see, the cross has a power to change everything. And you need to come to it in humility, saying, I can't do this. I need you, God. I need you to remove this lid. You take your lids to the cross and surrender. 
You take your lid to the cross in humility. And you take it there with confidence. You actually take it there in faith, trusting that Jesus has the victory. We trust that he purchased the victory for us. John writes in 1 John 3, verse 8, the reason the Son of God appeared was to destroy the devil's work. If there's anything, if there is a lid (laughs) holding you down, preventing you from becoming who God has in mind for you to become, you can be pretty sure that the enemy of your soul, the devil, has a, has, has a lot vested in that lid. But at the cross, Jesus won the victory. The reason the Son of God appeared was to destroy the works of the devil. And as you trust him, he loosens the lids. And he gives you victory. Got lids? Let's take another quick look at them. Nearsightedness, rearsightedness, covetousness, spiritual pride, second-guessing, complacency, hypocrisy, fear. You want to get rid of them? Let's go to the cross. That's where you'll have to go. Because the greatest victories you will ever experience in your walk with God Those will come to you at the foot of the cross. So let's go there in prayer, shall we? Father in heaven, we are surrendered here before you at the foot of the cross. We are tired of letting these rules rule our lives, letting these lids rule our lives. We are tired of allowing them to prevent us from being who you want us to be. So in humility, we surrender them. We let go of our spiritual pride. We let go of our uneasiness. We release our anxiety. We humble ourselves before you. Spirit of God, we acknowledge we cannot remove these lids on our own. We need your power. The power of the Holy Spirit the power that raised Christ from the dead. I pray that you would use that power to remove these lids from lives all around. Jesus, we are thankful for your purchasing the victory for us. We trust you in these areas today. For it's in your name we pray. Amen. Amen. It has been good to be with you today. And I'm glad we had opportunity to talk about these things. Kermansville Alliance is here to serve you in ways that we might be able to, and I encourage you to contact us. You can find information on how to do that at our church website at kermansvillealliance.org. God bless you. During this time in our lives, where everything has become about washing our hands and being clean, it's easy to keep our focus on that in the physical sense. But having clean hands and being pure can have spiritual implications as well. James chapter 4 verse 8 tells us that we're to cleanse our hands and purify our hearts. God desires for us to cast down those things we idolize above Him and instead keep our focus on Him and He will guide us to make good choices and live lives that are fulfilled. If we ask Him to give us clean hands and pure hearts, He's willing to do that. 
And we can live contented lives free from shame if we choose to. But we can only do that through the power of Jesus Christ. And Jesus, we thank you for that power this morning. And we just ask that you give us clean hands and pure hearts, Lord. So that we can keep our focus on you. And we thank you for the better way that you made for us, Jesus. Jesus.